Hello and welcome to our Heights Baptist podcast. Here on our podcast, you're going to find uh, practical resources such as this episode that are going to help you take your next step of faith. So you can find previous podcast episodes uh, here on our YouTube page or our audio podcast app or previous sermons from our current or past sermon series. And so welcome today. My name is Lee and I'm one of the pastors here at Heights and I'm joined uh, by my co-host today, our worship uh, pastor, Pastor Matt Hogan. And so good to have you back on the podcast. It's good to be back. Yeah, a little uh, break. We had Dr. Tony Wolf in for two weeks talking about, oh no, actually three weeks, excuse me. He helped with uh, our beautiful mess series that we're in on 1 Corinthians and then two weeks on uh, social media and faith. Mm-hmm. And so encourage our, our listeners and those that are watching, if you haven't listened to those episodes, uh, go back because um, Tony did a great job of just kind of talking about how we can be decent human beings online to yeah. others and, and, uh, and just how we can utilize social media and things for our faith. Uh, so Matt, today we're in a, an interesting kind of position in the life of our church. We're still in our First Corinthians series, so we'll pick up uh, on our next podcast episode back there. But we're in the process of nominating deacons uh, as a church and identifying some men uh, that the church body can nominate uh, that would become new deacons. And there's a, a process through that. So I thought for this episode... Um, maybe let's do something we don't always do in churches and explain out why we do those things <laughs> and what deacons are and where we get that model and just kind of why we take nominations and all that. And um, so let's go to Acts chapter six. And in Acts six, what we've seen before we get there is uh, obviously the birth of the church, Acts chapter two, day of Pentecost, a bunch of people get saved like all at one time. Right. We get Acts chapter 2, I think 3,000 is what it says at the end of that chapter. Uh, Then the preaching of the gospel, more people are saved. So you come into Acts chapter 6, and we don't get another number, you know, probably 3,000, 4,000, somewhere in there. Um, But we run into a problem. What's the problem happening in Acts chapter 6? Well, what you've got is you've got some growing pains. So just, I mean, just kind of wrap your mind around that for a minute. Uh, In Acts chapter 2, the church goes from small group Bible study right. to mega church in one sermon. In one sermon. In one yeah. sermon. So you suddenly have, you've gone from having a few dozen believers yeah. to having thousands of people that are claiming the name of Christ. And of course, and involved in all of that is you've got uh, people that have needs. Right. You know, you have people that are getting kicked out of their synagogue and kicked out of their family because they claim the name of Christ. Mm. One of the reasons why early in the book of Acts, you see a lot of Christians coming together and selling their possessions and selling their property and bringing it to the church is to support the people that are, you know, suddenly finding themselves without work, without a home, without a family and without, um, and and being cast out of their old faith community because they've they're now a part of this new faith community. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so what the particular issue that comes up in chapter six is um, it seems like the, the, the native kind of Jewish Christians that, that are from the area of Jerusalem, they're doing a pretty good job meeting the needs of their widows. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another whole group of people. Remember in, in Acts chapter two, that the gospel goes out and people from all over the world, um, find out about Jesus and, and, and get saved. And so there's, there's 
uh, Jewish people from all over what we call the diaspora or, you know, areas outside of Israel yeah. um, that have gotten saved. And so they're, they're more uh, Hellenistic. They have Greek names and they may have more of a Greek culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's happening is in, in those communities, they're not getting their widows and their people that are, that are in need are not, their needs aren't getting met. Right. Um, and people are falling through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have in Acts 6, as you mentioned, they're being neglected in the daily distribution of, of bread, you mm-hmm. know, because you mentioned Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, all these people come in in Jerusalem to celebrate, you know, Pentecost, and then a lot of them get saved. They don't go home. Yeah, they stay. They stay. You know, now they have a new faith community and they have practical needs. Um, and I love the way you, you mentioned it. You know, you got a small group Bible study that goes to mega church. And so I mean, just to kind of put context with, with our listeners is the average church size in America is under 100. Right. So it's about 75, 85. That's your average church size. Mega churches are over 2,000. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you have a church that goes from average church size to mega church, like you said, in one sermon. So administratively, this is hard. You've got 12 you know, disciples, apostles now that are like, what do we do? <laughs> this all became more than a full-time job within a day. You know? And, and there, there also may be some kind of racial or ethnic and cultural things that are operating here too. Right. Because there's a sort of a distinction between those folks that are kind of native to the area of, yeah. of Jerusalem and then folks who came in from other places. Right. And so in uh, chapter 6, verse 2, uh, the 12 summon the people and, and they're basically saying, look, it's, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, pick out from among you seven men of, of good reputation, full of the spirit, full of wisdom, and will appoint uh, to this duty. So you, you get a nomination process. I was going to say, right this kind of sounds like a business meeting, right? <laughs> right? Like, is yeah. this the first business meeting yeah. that we have? <laughs> this in... may be the first recorded business meeting in the Bible, in the New Testament, or in the church, I could probably say. You know, and so you do, you get this, all right, listen, we've got to do something. Here's a plan. You congregation, you know each other really well. We don't know everybody, right? You know, kind of as ministers, staff, or you know, pastors. You do so. Nominate some people. Mm-hmm. So why is that important in, in in a local church to do that? Why do we do that? Why don't me and you, just the staff, go? We want Jim and Bob and Steve. Why do we put that? I think to the congregation. Every single one of us is only capable of knowing a certain number of people. Right. And we're only capable of knowing a smaller group of people well. Yeah. And so when we, when we're looking at something like deacon nomination, right. You know, we're going to the church and we're saying, Hey, um, who do you guys know? Yeah. I mean, you've got a short list of guys that you know and trust that you know to call when you need help with something. I have a, I have another small, you know, list of, of, of guys in my head that can come alongside and help with, you know, X, Y, or Z. But uh, when you put that out to the congregation, that just makes your pool bigger. Mm. There may be guys who love Jesus, who would do amazing that you and I don't know, right. or at least not know well. Yeah. 
because we just there's just only so many people you can get to know personally, and right. so it, it allows it allows your pool to get yeah. kind of a little bit bigger because you're using your and you're trusting your people to to do a good job of saying you know this is a guy that that I have see evidence of the spirit in his life. He has a good reputation. Mm -hmm. He's got a good reputation in the church. He's got a good reputation in the community. Yeah, you know, and th those are important things when you're when it's going to be somebody who's going to be coming alongside uh, the, your, your pastors in order to serve your congregation. Right, yeah, and so, and, and I think it's a good biblical model overall because of what we would say is congregationalism, mm -hmm. I think in the New Testament of the congregation has those abilities to, to pick, you know, so to speak, to nominate, um, to say it's not just the pastors making all the decisions, right? you know, in that sense. And so in verse two, so we've, we've talked about the problem. There were folks who were getting widows being, you know, neglected in the daily distribution of bread. Um, and, and the text doesn't say, I, I really don't think it's a, it's a purposeful, like, well, you know, no, we're not serving these people. I mean, I, honestly, I do. The way I read into the text and being a pastor, knowing, all right, if there's 12 of us and now overnight 3,000 I'm sorry, things are going to get slipped. So I don't yeah, think people it's are a, falling through the cracks. People are falling through the cracks. This, so. this is an organizational problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't think it's a, a mean problem, uh, so to speak. But then it, it says, you know, pick out seven guys because we, uh, as the 12, it's not right. We should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Um, so what then, generally speaking, because I know as as Baptist churches, there's oftentimes not one that's the same as the other. Like right. We're very, you know, that, that's up to local congregations, what their deacons do, um, how they function. But let's just, let's, I'm going to ask you this in a general sense, and then I'll kind of, you know, say here's what we do at Heights. But, but what do deacons generally do? What are, what's the model we see in Acts 6? And the model that we see in Acts 6 is deacons um, come alongside the pastor's and or the church staff right. um, to serve the congregation and to care for and meet the needs of the local congregation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times deacons will be entrusted with um, taking care of the, things that will involve taking care of the poor. Right. Um, uh, bereavement mm -hmm. is one of those things, you know, helping those uh, who are dealing with loss, who are, mm -hmm. uh, so they'll, they'll help with um, funerals. Right. Um, you'll have uh, deacons tasked with taking care of uh, widows and mm -hmm. widowers, especially, you know, um, folks who, may, maybe folks who live alone, maybe folks who are shut in. Right. Um, and a lot of times that's something that kind of comes under the deacon umbrella. It's, it's usually those kind of hands and feet, very practical uh, parts of ministry. And one of the reasons why uh, deacons are entrusted uh, to come alongside and serve with those things is to allow the pastors and the staff uh, to focus more on the um, kind of kind of textual or scriptural things. You know, you can you can focus more on the preaching and the teaching of the word because you've got a, a group of men who are who are taking care of some of the the more physical needs mm -hmm. and the more practical needs. Right. Yeah. Good. And it's not that we don't serve. No, in or, fact, we actually know, do a lot of that. Yeah, we serve. At, you know, so it's not them saying, "Hey, we're we're not serving people. You guys go serve people. We're just going to figure out how to pray and preach." Like, but it is saying as a pastor that 
that needs to be a primary focus right is preparing to share the word of god to pray share the word of god you know but but we do we serve you know there's obviously other administrative things that we we have to plan so i love how you said that it's a it's a support system mm-hmm. you know um i often i have a sermon that i preach on this uh pastor or passage that say deacons are shock absorbers also in a local church uh-huh. because what deacons also do good deacons um, if there is kind of a grumbling, and I don't use the term grumbling bad, but here's there's some grumbling, like, hey, we're getting left out. There's or, an issue. There's an yeah. issue, then sometimes they take care of that before it comes to my desk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, woohoo, all right, way to go, guys. <laughs> so proactive the, you know, Proactive deacons. deacons so yeah. they're, they're good shock absorbers in that way. They kind of help out and, and maybe because they know some things within the congregation, maybe better than I might know or people, then they can take care of some of those things. Um, so, uh, and, and like I said, I mentioned in Baptist churches, there's all kind of different models of deacons. Some are, are boards where, you know, you have, that's kind of more the old traditional Southern model where you have a deacon board and they're more the policy setters, you know, to where the, the staff answers to them, you right. know, and I, I don't, I don't ascribe to that model. I think that's really an unbiblical model. Um, there are some ways deacons function where they may do a family plan. And uh, so the church I've served at in Pennsylvania, we had a deacon family plan where the deacons had a certain amount of families under, under them that they kind of focused in and kept up with. And now that can, it, it's a, it, there's pros and cons to that. You know, I mean, if your church gets too large and sometimes they're like, we have 30 families under us, you know, and, and that can be a little cumbersome at times, but you know, for different church sizes, those things can work. Um, I really love what our, our deacons do here, and we have some teams, and so we have a team of deacons who help with follow-up, and so new guests that are coming in, uh, they help us as a staff follow up with them and make sure, you know, answer any questions new, new guests may have, help them kind of find their way in the life of Heights. Uh, we have a, a team, as you mentioned, that helps with bereavement, if someone passes away, they're help with the families, help with funerals. Um, we really like that team not to be active. Right. Like that's a good meeting when we always meet with our teams and we're like, uh, Breedman, you got anybody? Nope. All right. Woohoo. Good job. Way to go, guys. Like, right. We don't want that to be active. As, you know. um, but then there's also a, a widow and a widower team. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love the heart of that team because that is helping out uh, sometimes our, our widowers or uh, widows who may be elderly, going over fixing some things, mm-hmm. you know, just doing some practical things, maybe around their homes uh, that they can't do or afford to do, and and so uh, we're we're even right now as as deacons and and staff, uh, we're walking through maybe a fourth team and what that might look like, and and so as I was talking with them in our last meeting, um, they asked, they were like, well, what are some needs of our congregation that we can help meet, you know, and that's a those are good questions. Those are right questions. That's a servant question. You know, like, okay, where, where maybe are some things slipping through the cracks, you know, type right. thing. What can we do as a body? And so that, that's a good, healthy function of a deacon, you know, and I, I'm really, really proud of our guys here at Heights. And so let's talk a little bit about qualifications. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at recommendations because that's coming. As a church, we're going to start taking recommendations. You see qualifications really here in Acts 6 uh-huh. and then 1 Timothy chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll address the 1 Timothy 3 later. 
but we often don't talk about the Acts 6 qualifications. Like, it's when, true. You know, when you look at, you know, qualifications of deacons, you're always really going to look at the list in 1 Timothy in 1 3. Timothy 3, yep. You know, but there are some qualifications here within the text we forget. And so in Acts chapter 6, uh, the disciples stand up, say, Therefore, brothers, pick out from you, uh, among you, seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit, and full of wisdom, uh, that will appoint to this duty. So what are they getting at on those qualifications? Why are they important? So we're basically talking about three. Right. We're talking about good repute, yep. full of the spirit, full of wisdom. Right. That's um, and, and again, these are qualifications that a lot of times don't get talked about because we tend to sort of laser focus on the list that Paul gives us in 1 Timothy. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, what is your reputation in the church mm -hmm. and what's your rep reputation in the community? Yeah. Um, our deacons are usually gonna be um, lay people. They're not necessarily gonna be church staff, so they're gonna work a day job. Right. Um, it, are, are they an upstanding businessman? Do they mm -hmm. work hard at their job? Do they have a good rep? Uh, reputation at their company. Yeah. Do they have a good reputation in their neighborhood? Right. You know, when 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 you see so and so on the street, you know, or if you ask so and so on the street about, you know, about this guy over here, they're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he came and helped me with X, Y, or Z that yeah. one time, you know? Yeah. Um, that's important. Right. You know, it's important that we're if we're bringing um, men in they're gonna that are gonna to help meet the needs of our church, that they have a good reputation. And of course, and that's another one of the reasons why we do a nominations process mm -hmm. is that's one of the ways we ensure that these are, these are uh, individuals who uh, have a good reputation inside the church and also outside. Yeah. Um, and then uh, full of the spirit, do you see the evidence of the, of the Holy Spirit in their mm -hmm. life? Uh, it doesn't specifically talk about it here, but it talks about it in first Timothy. Uh, you don't want a deacon to be somebody who's been a Christian for five minutes. Right. You want somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a while, yeah. who's had some time to develop uh, his relationship with the Lord, and you want to be able to see uh, evidence of that in his life. Yeah. You know, is this a person who's evidencing the fruit of the Spirit? Right. You know, a lot of times, you know, the, what what is it? What is a person who's filled with the Spirit? What does that look like? I always go to Galatians, the right. fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, yeah. kindness. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm looking for that primarily when I'm trying to say, you know, is this somebody that the Lord is working in their life? That's what I'm looking right. for. Yeah. Um, and then good. finally, some guys with some wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, and we know there's a difference between, between book smarts and wisdom. Right. But this is a, is this a guy who's got some good kind of life wisdom? Is this guy a guy who's got some good common sense? Mm -hmm. Is this a guy that's made wise choices for himself and for his family, right? You know, yeah. These are, and they're not perfect guys. No, I mean, not at all. Um, but there are guys that we can say we've seen growth in, development in. You mentioned fruit of the spirit. Of course, we're not always going to be perfectly loving and kind and gracious and those things. But do I see more evidence? of that versus the converse of love and peace, you know? Mm -hmm. And so is it something where um, you can see evidence of that happening? Um, and I also, I also look at this, are they serving now? Yeah. You know, and, and I've been in churches plenty of times in this process where they're like, well, hey, there's a good guy. He meets all the qualifications, but they're not doing anything now. And I'm like, no. You know, like, that guy shouldn't be a deacon if he's already not serving because you want the heart of somebody who serves 
Yeah. You know, because this is a, a serving type position. Um, and so you don't want to have to try to convince someone to serve or, you know, kind of prod along. I mean, this is somebody who goes, yeah, I'll take the trash out. I mean, like, you know, that, that, that's, I'm okay with that. You know, and so I always look for that in the heart of the, of the person is, are they a servant? How do they serve their families? You know, what are they, what are they doing maybe around the church that nobody's asked them to do, you know? And so I do look for that. Like if we're having a, a meal as a church, I'm kind of scanning the room. And if I see a guy who just randomly hops up and he takes the, empties out the garbage can because he knows his garbage can's getting full, like that's a good heart. Like that, that's, yeah. I want that guy on my team, you know, mm-hmm. not somebody who just ignores it or just throws the plate down and it walks away and, you know, it's all filling over, <laughs> spilling out type yeah. thing. So. Well, and that's a guy who's, who's being proactive right. and a guy who's, who's kind of got him, got his, um, he's kind of got his eyes open to watch for needs. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to be another thing is you want, you want, you don't want, you don't want somebody who you want somebody who's going to have an awareness and have a sensitivity to the needs right. of the body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's going to be what a, a huge part of what deacons are going to do is they're going to be meeting the needs of the body, whether it's weddings and funerals, whether it's um, follow up with you know, hospital visits, yeah. Yeah. whether it's uh, bereavement, right. you know, um, that that's going to be, you know, meeting the needs of the bodies, what these guys are going to do. Yeah. So you keep an eye on like who who's good at meeting needs? Like, right. who, who are those guys that we're already seeing in action? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I appreciate it. And that's a that's a good conversation there. So I want to thank you for. Uh, tuning in today, whether you're listening on the audio app or here at the uh, face or excuse me YouTube page, uh, I want to encourage you to check back in because we're going to continue this qualification uh, talk here on our our YouTube page and the audio app about First Timothy three. We referenced that today uh, because as a church, we are going to begin in the next couple of weeks taking nominations for deacons, and so we encourage you to be prayerfully uh, considering men uh, that the Lord's going to put on your heart and mind to nominate for this very uh, important role and position uh, within the life of our church. And so I also want to invite you, if you are in the Alvin Manville area, uh, to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We have in-person services every Sunday. Or if you are out of our area, uh, you can join us here on the YouTube page or our Facebook page live at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings as well. We'd love to be able to connect with you and worship with you uh, where you are on Sundays. And so I hope that you have a great rest of the week and God bless.